Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 36 of UAB Green and Told, original air date Monday, January 4th, 2021. Through this podcast, we are able to share stories from members of the UAB community. I'm Greg Berry, Assistant Director in the UAB Office of Alumni Affairs. On this episode, we welcome Steve Foster, President and CEO of Therapy South. As Steve will share, he started out working at a hospital, but he wanted more and wound up creating his own company. That really scratched both of my itches, my itch to be a physical therapy and provide that medical care, but my itch to, to be in business. And as he will explain, after establishing a successful company that wound up being sold, that itch returned. This time, he was a little older and a little wiser, but it still wasn't exactly easy. Going home and telling my wife, you know, it's a lot harder at the age I am now than it was back when I was young and dumb at 25 or 26 years old. So uh, I did learn that. And with his latest business model, Steve has been able to give back to UAB and his physical therapists. One of the things I've enjoyed is, is being able to mentor young therapists to meet the goals that they have. And so what that's meant in many occasions is meant uh, giving them an opportunity to open a clinic. For four decades, Steve Foster has been a physical therapist. Ultimately, he would start and run two successful practices. That dedication takes hard work and a work ethic that was established at a very early age. As soon as I could get uh, the ability to have a work for a minute, I started working. So uh, after school, I, I had jobs um, working as a janitor's assistant at, at a church. Um, from there, I went on to better and better, greater things and worked at a women's shoe store stocking shoes and uh, ended up getting downsized from that job and found a job actually for Southern Living Magazine and worked in their offices just as a general flunky, just uh, an office boy doing whatever needed to be done. And I did that for a good part of high school and all the way through uh, college. And so it ended up being a great job for me and uh, kind of learned to work really uh, in high school and uh, on into college. When you were starting the journey to try to figure out where you're going to go to college, what were your options and what were you looking for? Well, I didn't have a lot of options because um, as a, a pastor's son, we didn't have a lot of resources. So I knew I had to live at home, at least for the first part of college, and go somewhere local and settled on Sanford University, quite honestly, because even though it's a private institution that's very expensive, as a pastor's son, I got half tuition off. We certainly weren't poor, but we were probably middle to lower middle class, I guess. I, I uh, qualified for a federal grant. So my first year of college, I actually made money, and not many people can say that, especially if they went to Sanford. But with uh, my scholarship for being a pastor's son, uh, with the federal grant, and being able to live at home, at the end of my freshman year, I had $600 in my account to apply to the next year. And uh, so that that was quite a feat, I think. I stayed at Sanford for uh, two additional years, got my prerequisites for physical therapy school, and then was fortunate enough to get accepted to UAB's program. Uh, after three years, I went to PT school, sort of back in the back dark ages. Now you could get a degree, uh, BS degree in physical therapy. But we pretty much did everything in those two years that gets accomplished in three years now. So it was quite an intense two years. So at what point during the entire process uh, in high school and then going to Samford, did becoming a physical therapist come on the radar? Is it something that you always wanted to do? 
I really didn't know what it was until uh, after my second year of, of college, quite honestly. I had never had an injury that required physical therapy. And so I really discovered it, you know, uh, into my college experience. Uh, I knew I wanted to do something medical. I had ever since a child, I enjoyed, even as a young child, I play an army out in the woods with my friends. I always wanted to be the doc. I wanted to be the medic because I enjoyed patching people up. Uh, so it was kind of there, but I, I couldn't, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And so medicine was something I thought about, but really didn't think that that was the direction I wanted to go. So I looked at several things from hospital administration to uh, going into anesthesia, uh, different things like that. And so I was kind of in the process of just searching through those things. I actually worked uh, a summer uh, at a uh, conference center up in North Carolina. And as a part of that, I had the opp opportunity to do some community work through a ch children's rehabilitation center. And it was through that experience that I discovered physical therapy. And after spending a few weeks doing volunteer work there, I thought, you know, I think this is it. I think this is what I'm interested in doing and made a friend at the time who was also on staff at that uh, conference center who was going into physical therapy and encouraged me to, to pursue it. So when I came back to Birmingham and back to Sanford, I had a contact at one of the local hospitals who helped me get a job in their physical therapy department. And uh, it, so things just progressed from there. It seemed to be up my alley. It, it seemed to combine the things I was interested in doing related to being able to provide medical care, but also in an environment that allowed me to really get to know my patients. And that's proven to be true because uh, even today, you know, in physical therapy, we see patients two to three times a week. Uh, they come to see us on average three to four weeks uh, for the, their care. And so we really get to know patients beyond just their physical needs. We get to know what's going on in them as a whole person. They really share their lives with us. Sometimes it's more information than you may want to know, but we have an opportunity to reach out to them and help meet not just their physical needs, but their mental, spiritual needs and be able to encourage them in many ways. And so I think that's the thing that attracted me to the profession was that opportunity to really get to invest in uh, patients and have a, uh, an ability to uh, get to know them on a deep level. When you started getting into physical therapy, did you ever imagine that it would encompass all of those different things? Well, I knew from my experience working in the hospital, even as a technician, that it gave me a chance to spend uh, a good bit of time with patients because just the nature of what we do uh, requires, even in a hospital setting, 30 minutes of time that you're with a patient one-on-one. And most other professions, that's just not the case because as a physician or a nurse, you're kind of in and out with patients spending a few minutes here or there. And so I really enjoyed that part. Again, even as a technician, I got to know the patients and spend quality time with them. And uh, that was certainly some, a big part of what attracted me to the profession. Currently, UAB has one of the top PT programs around. What was the program like when you were going to school in Birmingham at UAB back in the late 70s through 80? Yeah, very much the same. And I don't think my appreciation for it was as great while I was there as toward the end of my time there as I began to hear stories from uh, PTs on a national level uh, about the quality of the program at UAB and the quality of 
the staff uh, faculty at UAB, uh, Marilyn Gossman, who was the program chair while I was there, I would say was one of the 10 most respected physical therapists in the country, at least by the Physical Therapy Association standards. She's very involved, uh, obviously academically, but she's very involved, big picture, in uh, helping to develop the practice, grow the practice, uh, and gain respect for the practice on a national level, uh, both in the association and through uh, governmental involvement, governmental activities. So she was, I guess, the icon of the program, but she had done a wonderful job at UAB of developing the program, developing uh, the respect of the program on a national level. And I really think the reputation that it had while I was there and the reputation that it has today was based on the foundation that uh, Marilyn established there when she developed, helped develop that program. When it comes to your time at UAB, what do you think you learned most for the entire profession? Well, as a student, it was true then, and I'm sure it's true today, that beyond just learning the, the academics of the, the building blocks of what you have to know to be a physical therapist, was learning uh, time management skills, uh, which certainly are valuable today. Uh, the program is very demanding today and was just as demanding then. Again, I think I mentioned earlier that uh, back in the time that I went, it was a two-year program. Today it is three years, which it needs to be, but there just was not much uh, excess time in a day. So you really had to learn time management. So that was one thing. Yeah, you learned to be a professional and you learned what it looked like to enter the medical arena and uh, put on your professional uh, hat and take seriously the profession that you have been called to do. And in doing that, again, meeting the needs of the patients that you encounter. So I think uh, that those things are, were important to learn then and, and still are important now. We know when we have patients come into our clinics that they come in anxious about whatever's going on with them physically. Uh, they're anxious about what that's gonna look like for them, not only just their physical problem, but how that's affecting their work, how it's affecting the things that they wanna do from the standpoint of recreation, how it's affecting how they're interacting with their family. And so it has uh, for them so many points of concern that they they almost all come in very anxious about what this is going to look like and so we have that opportunity to first of all reassure them that it's going to be fine that we've seen this before and tell them examples of how patients who've been through the same thing uh, have come out on the other end you know being able to return to work return to their sport return to their family activities without any limitations. And so it gives us that opportunity to set the table for them right off the bat that this is gonna this is gonna be better, that that they are gonna be able to return to life as they know it. And then to see that happen and it doesn't happen in physical therapy overnight and so we have to prepare them for that. But it happens over a course of an average of four to six weeks. It happens gradually. Uh, it happens more quickly if they're consistent with 
the program that we give them to do, not only in our clinic, but things that we give them to do at home. And it's rewarding to see them graduate and and meet their goals and be able to get back to those things that they so want to do. And so for them, you know, it's, it's gratifying. They're uh, excited to get back to life as they've known it in the past. And for us, it's gratifying to help them uh, achieve those goals. When you graduated in 1980, what was your plan? What did you want to do at that point? Well, I just wanted to be a physical therapist. And so my first job uh, out of school was working at Caraway Hospital, which is uh, closed as well. It was a great institution. It was a learning institution, uh, much like UAB is a teaching hospital. And so I got an opportunity to get exposed to, you know, every uh, discipline within within medicine. So obviously orthopedics, we were a trauma center, so I saw a lot of trauma. I was interested in um, cardiac care, so I got to participate on the uh, cardiac rehab team, burns, open wounds, things like that. So it was a great place to learn. In the process of, of learning those things, though, in that first few years, I knew that I wanted to kind of do more and wasn't sure what that meant, but uh, what I learned that it meant was I, I wanted to do, I wanted to provide physical therapy. I wanted that to be my profession and I enjoyed that very much. But I also uh, realized that I really had a real interest in business and I wanted to combine my interest in physical therapy with my interest in business. And so what it led to after uh, five years of practice uh, was with a partner starting my own practice, a private practice uh, back in 1985. And uh, we opened a small outpatient clinic, actually right behind the UAB campus on 10th Avenue South, and uh, put up a shingle and went to work marketing and do all, all the things you do in the business in order to, to uh, gain patients. And um, over time, began to grow that, grow that business by adding clinics and doing some hospital contracts and things like that. And that really scratched both of my itches, my itch to be a physical therapy and provide that medical care, but my itch to, to be in business. And, and so 40 years later, uh, being a physical therapist, uh, I still have had those itches and have had the opportunity to scratch them for that period of time. So I've really been blessed to be in this profession. It, it matches uh, my gift well and my interest well. And it, quite honestly, has just been fun. And I still am a lucky person. I get up in the mornings and enjoy coming to work. And I don't have any interest in the near term in retiring. A lot of my friends are beginning to retire. And uh, to some degree, it seems a little bit interesting, but but then not really. And uh, so I don't know what that looks like or when that might happen. But uh, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, my work. So when you went into private therapy, mid-80s, late-80s with your partner, how ready were you to take on that entire environment? Because at this point, you're starting a business. Yeah, you have the PT background, but this is a whole new atmosphere. Well, like some things, I guess, you're young and dumb and you just figure things out, quite honestly. So, But my partner that I partnered with, he actually, he was my uh, supervisor at Caraway. So he had um, about 10 years of experience, uh, more than I did. And so uh, he kind of brought to the table a little bit more, I guess, than I did. But he had never been in private practice either. You know, we learned the value of getting the right accountant, the right attorney, and, and uh, the right banker to support you. 
and you just figure things out. And so we certainly made mistakes uh, over time, but we learned pretty quickly and um, learned how to, you know, write payroll and deduct, you know, taxes and FICA and all those things. And started like most small businesses. I mean, I, I wrote out the payroll. Started first first payroll was three checks, one for me, one for the partner, and one for the, the office manager we had hired. Uh, but I wrote payroll and factored in taxes and all that for several years until we could afford to, you know, hire somebody to do that. So like most small business, you can do everything. You know, you're you're cleaning toilets at night after the patients leave and sweeping the floors and then going and writing payroll and but loving every minute of it because it's it's just what you want to do and feel called to do and so it's really um, even though it's work and it's hard uh, you end every day satisfied because you know you're doing you know the thing you've been called to do and uh, you're satisfied at seeing seeing your hard work pay off how well did that operation grow and how long were you a part of it we had that practice for nine years it was called physical therapy south after those nine years we had uh, 10 outpatient clinics we were doing some home health care contracts for several home health agencies and had, um, I believe at the time we had still had, we had one hospital contract. So at the end of that time, we, uh, again, I mentioned that my partner in this business was 10 years older. We started thinking this thing is growing. How are we going to get out of it? Which is a common issue for a lot of businesses. You get, you start a business, you grow a business, and then what are your options one day to get out of it when you decide you might want to retire? And so we started talking about that. And because he was 10 years older, I didn't think I wanted to be in a position when he got ready to retire to fully buy him out for what the cost would be to do that. And then 10 years later, try to figure out what I was going to do. So we thought we might have to just look at an opportunity to sell the company uh, to get our equity out of it. And so that was kind of our solution. That's what we, and so we thought, well, if we find the right partner, when we find the right partner, we won't get in a hurry, but when we find the right partner, we'll, we'll entertain an opportunity to, to sell the practice. So not long after that, we uh, did get introduced to a, a national company that we felt like uh, shared our values. It had hired a lot of physical therapists and had a lot of physical therapists in their upper management. The vice president of the company was a physical therapist. and. Long story short, uh, we came to terms with them and sold that company and really thought that we would both be there until we retired. And to make a long story short, after a number of years with that company, I felt like that some of the, you know, the values of that company were changing and felt like it might be time to move on and, and do something different. So we were with them for eight years uh, and I made the decision to resign from that company and start all over. And so I uh, did that after that eight years and started this, my practice that we have today called Therapy South. And um, just went, uh, again, back to small business, had one clinic. I was back to writing the payroll. I was back to cleaning the toilets at night after treating patients um, and just trying to uh, keep the doors open. And um, it, it went well. Uh, and we've now grown to 35 locations. And um, it's... Yeah, and like I said before, it, it's been fun. So it was a good decision for me uh, to start all over to do this again. And uh, it's I've never looked back or regretted that at all. 14 years ago, you start from scratch again. What did you learn from setting up that first practice 
that paid off and paid dividends when you set up Therapy South 14 years ago? Well, I, you know, of course, been there, done that, so you kind of replicate and learn from the mistakes you made the first time. So from that sense, it was easier. The difference, I think, was I was much older the second time, and I can remember at night, uh, again, after starting early, treating patients all day and cleaning up the clinic at the end of the day and taking care of paying bills and all that, going home and telling my wife, you know, it's a lot harder at the age I am now than it was back when I was young and dumb at 25 or 26 years old. So uh, I did learn that, uh, that if, you know, if you're starting a business, it's, it's always great to invest early uh, while you're young, just from an energy standpoint. But uh, the experience that I had gained through all the years of practice certainly helped me in being able to get off the ground and, and then relationships too, because by then I had many relationships with physicians, other referral sources that supported us uh, from the day, day one. And I had therapists who had worked with me uh, in the previous practice uh, have an interest in coming uh, and being a part of what I was doing. So we actually opened uh, six clinics in the first uh, six months of uh, operations of the practice, but we're only able to do that because we were able to bring in therapists who are already working in different communities around Birmingham and bring their connections uh, to the practice, and so it allowed us to get get off to a pretty quick start. Therapy South has grown quite well. You mentioned six in the first six months practices. You're up to 35 now. Here we are 14 years later. So you're averaging more than two a year. Is that kind of what you wanted to do when you established the company? When I started the company, my goal for the company was to be about a 10 or 12 clinic practice. That's what I thought it would look like long term. And quite honestly, that would have been enough, you know, I guess for me. That, that's enough, I started to say headaches, that's probably not the right word, but that's enough work for anybody to have, you know, 10 or 12 locations of any business. But kind of what happened, it, it, and what happened is it just kind of happened, quite honestly. But what I found out over time was, you know, we would we'd grow a clinic, we'd bring in really good therapists, and they would have goals just like I did. And for some of them, they wanted to be a clinic manager. For some of them, they wanted to move to a different city and kind of start something on their own. In order to give them those opportunities, it meant growth. So we could have just stayed at 10 or 12 clinics, and again, that would have been fine and enough for me. But in the process of that, I would lose the opportunity of working with some great people and some great therapists. So one of the things I've enjoyed is, is being able to mentor young therapists to meet the goals that they have. And so what that's meant in many occasions is meant uh, giving them an opportunity to open a clinic, be a clinic director of that clinic, and do it in a place that they want to do that. And the way that I have structured the company is after a therapist has worked in the practice for a period of time, proved themselves, and been successful in their clinic, then they're offered an opportunity to have ownership in that clinic. And that has really served the practice well and helped us to be very stable because uh, in giving people ownership in their their clinic, the one that they're working in, uh, and have helped establish, uh, it gives them uh, skin in the game, so to speak. And so we keep good people because they've been given a good opportunity. They've been given the opportunity to have ownership and to to grow um, a clinic. And in doing that, give themselves and their families more opportunities financially 
as well. So you have 35 practices, you're still having fun. A lot of the friends that you've known throughout the business are retiring. Where does Therapy South go in the future? And where does Steve Foster go? Where Steve Foster goes and when, we don't know quite yet. But um, I, I prom I've kind of promised myself I won't stay here and be ir irrelevant, that uh, I certainly intend to be gone before being irrelevant becomes a word that is used to describe me. So there's that. Therapy South will just continue. We uh, have had some level of success, and I get emails or phone calls uh, literally every day uh, from acquisition companies uh, showing interest in our practice and wanting to meet for coffee or go to lunch and talk about what they can bring to the table, either to help us grow and, and but at the bottom line, they want, want uh, to do an acquisition. Uh, I'm committed and we're committed to not doing that. The intent is to stay, to stay um, private. And so we have, we have a plan and uh, it's on paper and it's, it's all official to turn the practice over to the other therapist in the practice. So we have um, five original partners who are all younger than me, uh, who serve as a board for the practice. And then we have uh, 12 other junior partners who have ownership in their particular clinics. And so um, we have a plan in place that when I retire, they will just simply buy me out. And um, I guess I'll go to the beach and travel a little bit and hopefully one day have grandkids go visit and do all those things that uh, people in retirement seem to do and enjoy. But the practice, uh, I, my intent uh, when I started this practice this time was not to be in a position again of having to sell it to uh, a national organization in order to be able to get the equity that, that I have in it. And so that's our plan is us to stay, to stay private, just continue to grow it and give young therapists opportunities to uh, progress in the practice. You find it important to hire UAB and give back to UAB. Basically, you're hiring graduates. Why is that so important for you as well as the Therapy South practice? Well, I guess the first thing is because of what UAB has done for me. You know, they gave me the opportunity. I wasn't the smartest, uh, smartest student coming out of undergrad to PT school. I was a hard worker, and my hard work saw me through. PT school. I'll never forget, I mentioned Marilyn Gossman, who started the program at UAB and was such an icon in the profession. And at the end of every year, I think she sent every student a handwritten note just of encouragement. And I'll never forget my note uh, that I got from her at the end of my first year. She said, Steve, you got off to a really rough and rocky start, but you pulled it together and you've made it through. You're going to make it. And uh, I, and she was right. You know, I, I again, was not the best student. I, my transcript kind of looked like the typewriter in the day got stuck on B. I mean, I was just a B student. And PT school back then was very competitive, just like it is now. And so uh, the GPA of, I'm sure, most of my classmates and was much higher than mine. But again, I did have the hard work ethic, and so I made it through. And um, so I, I don't minimize that, again, just that opportunity that, that they saw in me. Uh, to give me that chance. And uh, PT school, again, back in those days, was just as competitive as it is today. And I see many students who are much smarter than me, and, and I would say sharper than me, uh, struggle, you know, two or three times trying to get in school before they finally get accepted. And I think back on how just fortunate I was 
and am today that I had that UAB gave me that opportunity. So anything that I've accomplished in uh, business or in this profession starts with starts with that starts with the opportunity I was given at UAB. So I will not ever forget that. And so I want to invest back in UAB and support UAB in any way that I can. In the 40 years you have been part of physical therapy uh, as the profession, what has changed? Obviously technology has changed, but what else have you seen kind of ebb and flow change over four decades? From the standpoint of patient care, what has changed, I would say, is the tools that we have to treat patients and the um, ability that therapists have now that, um, quite honestly, are just much better skilled. And when I came out of PT school, we were um, certainly trained well and provided excellent care, but the training that is given to students today uh, at UAB and in the profession as a whole is a, is a much diff different level, uh, a deeper level of care than possibly what I had coming out of school. And so that translates into uh, patient care that is much more advanced, and it's advanced skills just with manual, manual treatments that are provided today that uh, just weren't commonplace back in my early days of practice. Uh, it's evolved into technologies that are much more advanced, but also just the hands-on skills that we provide through uh, mobilizations and manipulations are much more advanced than what we were providing there in the earlier days of um, care. That's Steve Foster. In 1980, Steve earned his bachelor's degree in physical therapy from the UAB School of Health Professions. As you heard, he currently serves as president and CEO of Therapy South. Steve is passionate about UAB and the community and has his own idea of what it means to be a blazer. For me, and I think probably for most graduates, it takes you back to, to a place of being a student and what that looked like, what that felt like. And so that's the first thing that comes to mind. And then I think also of just the progression of the school since I've been there. Uh, when I was at UAB, it was kind of a commuter college. You know, not many people lived on campus. And so the campus life was kind of limited. And, and to come from that to where it is today, where there's every opportunity at UAB, just as it is at any other state school, to be involved in athletics and all the things that a major college um, offers, uh, it's very rewarding to see that. Check out past episodes of UAB Green and Told on Spotify and iTunes and help other Blazers find it by leaving a written review. You can also listen in at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold. Finally, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for at UAB alumni. Thanks for listening, and until next time, go Blazers.